0: I'm Brendan Zerbe and welcome to the My Health Sciences Weekly Podcast, where I bring you topics each week and fitness, nutrition, sleep, cognition, finance, and minimalism to help you become healthier and happier. This week I'm covering, should you be gluten-free? Let's get into it! It turns out that 10-20% to 20% of the U.S. population is now sensitive to gluten. This is causing a rapid rise in people going gluten-free and feeling better as a result. But gluten is a protein found in wheat, barley, and rye, and it's also found in any products containing wheat, barley, and rye, like bread, crackers, cookies, muffins, pancakes, and beer. And most people aren't consuming raw wheat, barley, and rye in their whole grain form. They're consuming these highly processed, gluten-containing foods which we know, without a doubt, are extremely unhealthy. So by going gluten-free, you're likely reducing your intake of processed foods, which can obviously make you feel better and healthier, but the more time you spend gluten free, the more you learn that there are gluten free cookies, gluten free pancakes, and gluten free beer. And as you go back to that more processed diet that's now gluten free, you're probably worse off than you were when you started. So is gluten the problem? Who do we know for a fact shouldn't be consuming gluten? And if you think you are sensitive to gluten, should you cut back or, plot twist, double down? Well, I have lots of great info today, so let's get started. And as a note, most of this information is coming from leading gastroenterologist, Dr. Will Bolshewitz's book, Fiber Fueled. Awesome guy, terrific book. Let's start off with about 2% of the population who shouldn't be consuming gluten. That's not a lot of people. So here's how that breaks down. Celiac disease, 1% of the population. And about 1995, about 0.02% of the population had celiac disease. That's one out of every 5,000 people. But today, that number has risen to 1%, which is one out of every 100 people. Like many diseases, this is likely the cause of unhealthy lifestyles and environments. Either way, those with celiac disease should not be consuming gluten. So how do you know if you have celiac disease? Well, in such cases, gluten will cause an immune response that damages your intestines, which will show symptoms like diarrhea, bloating, gas, abdominal pain, and or weight loss. If you have these symptoms, you can get tested using an upper endoscopy with biopsies of the small intestine. You'll have to run all this by your doctor, but most likely, you'll want to consume four to six slices of wheat bread per day for four weeks before the test to ensure the diagnosis is clear. But testing for this disease is near 100% accurate. So if you do test positive for celiac disease, then you should be gluten free. Wheat allergy, about 0.5% of the population. Next is a condition that's not necessarily related to gluten, but is related to other proteins found within wheat, and that's a wheat allergy. While it can be difficult to test for this allergy, the symptoms should be obvious. For example, if you get hives, swelling of the lips and throat, or have difficulty breathing after consuming wheat, then you probably have a wheat allergy. Most likely you develop this as a child, and you're aware of the condition. Those with a wheat allergy should not consume wheat, but could eat barley and rye. And that leaves gluten sensitivity with extra intestinal symptoms with about 0.5% of that remaining 2% of the population. The last group of people who shouldn't consume gluten are those with a gluten sensitivity that cause extra intestinal symptoms. These are symptoms that occur outside the intestinal tract, like joint pain, muscle pain, limb numbness, altered mental state, loss of muscle control, or rashes. If you develop these symptoms after consuming gluten, it's best to be gluten-free, but this is also a small portion of the population, equating to about 1 in every 200 people. So for these groups of people, what should they eat instead? To summarize, if you have celiac disease, a wheat allergy, or a gluten sensitivity with extra-intestinal symptoms, then you should be gluten-free. But just because you're gluten free doesn't mean you should avoid whole grains entirely as whole grain consumption is strongly linked to positive health outcomes like weight loss, lowered cholesterol, and cardiovascular health. So load up on other healthy whole grains like quinoa, oats, sorghum, millet, and buckwheat. And personally, millet is my favorite grain. It tastes absolutely phenomenal and can be used so versatily in many dishes. I love it. And the last thing I'll mention is that testing your sensitivity to gluten yearly may be beneficial too, as some people can outgrow symptoms over time. So, just something to keep in mind. Now, let's cover the remaining 98% of the population that should be consuming gluten. Wheat, barley, and rye are health-promoting foods increase gut bacteria diversity and are abundant source of fiber, antioxidants, vitamins and minerals. In fact, numerous studies have shown that going gluten-free for the general population not only has no health benefits but it has health detriments. For this reason, I recommend keeping gluten in your diet for the vast majority of people when consumed in its organic whole food form. But even if you don't have celiac disease, a wheat allergy, or gluten sensitivity with extra-intestinal symptoms, you may have a gluten sensitivity with other symptoms. For example, many people have trouble digesting gluten, which causes digestive problems like bloating, gas, abdominal pain, diarrhea, or constipation. And if you remove the gluten from your diet, these issues will go away and you'll feel better. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't be consuming gluten. That just means your gut isn't well-equipped to digest gluten, and as I just mentioned, Wheat, barley, and rye are healthy foods, and should be consumed by the general population. So instead of throwing the baby out with the bathwater, it's best to use Joe Biden's Build Back Better mantra for our gut. Because once we have a robust gut, we should be able to chew through gluten like Trump chewed through cabinet members. So how can those maybe 15% of people with gluten sensitivities and their digestive tract build back a healthier, more robust gut? Well, plant scientist Bob Quinn has four suggestions. While each of these suggestions are helpful on their own, combining all four will yield optimal results. Number one, eat ancient heirloom grains. These grains are often more nutrient-dense than wheat, barley, or rye, plus studies have shown positive benefits on the entire digestive tract. Example of these grains include farro, spelt, and kamut. Number two, go organic. This reduces your exposure to chemical residues, which can trigger digestive tract symptoms. Eating organic is an all-around good idea, even without a gluten sensitivity. Three, eat whole grains. Eating grains in their whole form, instead of enriched or processed grains, will help too. This will help build back stronger and more diverse gut bacteria, which will help with digestion. And number four, try sourdough bread. Sourdough bread takes around six times longer to make than regular bread, And during that time the fermentation process destroys over 90% of the gluten. This will make it easier for you to digest and will ease the transition back to gluten-containing foods. So here are my final thoughts. Foods containing gluten like wheat, barley, and rye are health promoting foods that the general population should be consuming. They're nutrient-packed with vitamins, minerals, fiber, and antioxidants that lead to a healthier lifestyle. But if you have celiac disease, a wheat allergy, or a gluten sensitivity with extra intestinal symptoms, then gluten should not be on your menu. Now, if you have gluten sensitivity with digestive tract symptoms only, then you should focus on building a robust gluten-digesting gut machine by eating organic, whole ancient grains with a side of sourdough bread. And no matter your situation, we should all be avoiding highly processed foods that commonly contain gluten like cookies, cakes, and muffins. This will lead to a healthier and happier life. Thanks for joining me on the My Health Sciences Weekly Podcast, where I bring you topics to improve your health and happiness through sustainable, evidence-based, healthy habit change. If you'd like to receive weekly updates on the three most important things I've read, watched, and listened to within the past week, sign up for the My Health Sciences Weekly Newsletter. Those on this list will never miss any of the latest and most important information I share about health and happiness. And if you're interested in taking the next step in your journey to health and happiness, check out My Health Sciences Plus. This monthly program provides you with the exact recipes, meal plans, workouts, and exercise programs that I use to get and stay in the best shape of my life. Thanks again, and I look forward to talking with you again next week.